This episode of the Happy Hour is brought to you by Sci-Fi Saturdays Bartow. It's going to be February 21st, 2015. It's going to be at 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. And it's going to be free in downtown Bartow. What's going to happen there, Deuce? They're going to have sci-fi vendors, costume contests, music, food, and family fun. They're even going to have Star Trek IV The Voyage Home on the two-story high movie wall. And guess who else is going to be there? A happy hour with Johnny and Deuce is going to be there, so you got to come check it out. Find them on Facebook at Sci-Fi Saturdays Bartow, and that's Sci-Fi spelled S-Y-F-Y, just like the television network, Saturdays Bartow. Do it. Internets. My name is Johnny Womack, and of course I have... Deuce, what's going on, man? Hey, Deuce. In today's episode, we have a very special guest. We have Paul Perkins, and you may know this guy because you've seen him on TV. He was on the sci-fi show Fangasm. What's going on, Paul? Uh, what, what is going on? Uh, I'm currently located in my room alone, staring at the plethora of pop figurines and comic books that I have before me. Uh, is that good? <laughs> that, that's perfect, man. Uh, we got a ton of questions to ask you because I personally was a huge, huge fan of Fangasm. Uh, my first question is, how did you even get on the show? Oh, how did I get on the show? Uh, well, let me, uh, if you guys want to sit back, grab an ice cold uh, cocoa, and uh, I will tell you the origin of how Paul Perkins got on TV. Uh, it all started on a warm uh, winter's night in 2009. Uh was it that long ago? I guess so. Uh, it was like it was like 2009, 2010, I think. It was like four years ago, three years ago or something. And uh, my friend was working on another show, a uh, friend I went to college with, and uh, he was on a show as a production assistant on a show called Attack of the Show. Yeah. Uh, also a show called The Stoop on E. And uh, he worked on those shows, and then he heard a casting rumor that they were looking for people that are ultra-nerdy uh, to be on the TV show. And uh, it was by the people that made Jersey Shore and whatever else. And he auditioned. And it actually kind of started a joke between me and my best friend and this guy. But we were like, we're going to beat him in the audition. So we're, we're going to audition for the same show that he wants, just, just to like, make fun of the idea. Because we all knew we were like ultra-nerdy or whatever. And uh, it was not a secret. And uh, it, it, we, we put in our application online, me and my best friend, and we both got called right away and asked. Uh, my best friend actually got asked to drive down to the casting studio itself and oh, wow. uh, get interviewed. And I actually got called to do a, a audition tape because I was in Northern California and my best friend was in Southern California, which for those of you that are not from California, uh, there's like a nine-hour distance uh, between the two. So LA is not where I'm at. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm closer to San Francisco, if you know that place, magical world. And uh, yeah, so I made my tape. I sent it in. My friend went down to LA, and my friend went in there. And apparently, they liked his look, but they didn't like like his attitude. And he'll vouch for this in one years of because I'm sure he will. And uh, they they didn't like that because they thought he was like too pretty. My best friend's a pretty attractive male. Uh, ladies, he's single out there listening. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so for, for sure, I was like, whatever. I'll, I'll make a take, rock it out. 
So I made the tape. I made it the very next day. And uh, the first day I got it, they called me back. And they're like, hey, we loved your tape. Thought you were funny as hell. You got a cool personality. And I'm like, thanks, guys. You know, keep boosting on my ego. And uh, and uh, that that was all that happened. And they sent me this whole packet with a confidentiality agreement that I wasn't going to talk about it ever, which is fine. So I kept my mouth shut. Um, but then a year went by, and then another year went by. I still hadn't heard about it. And then uh, two, two and a half years went by, and then finally they, they called me up again, like after two and a half years, like, hey, you still want to do that TV show? I was like, what? Is that still like a thing? Is that actually going on? But like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we want to fly you down to L.A. and have you come audition in person. And from there, uh, I was like, well, let me finish my school. So they had to they had to work it around actually my school schedule because I guess I was one of their favorite choices. Wow. Uh, for the show at the time. Yeah, so they actually moved the auditions around me going to school, which was super weird. And uh, they flew me down to L.A. And as soon as I got down there in L.A., I... Uh, I went in there, and I was with a room with, like, 12 other different nerdy people. Uh, we all were in this room together, and they were watching us and seeing how we interact. And uh, at the time, I didn't know who they were, but uh, Danny and uh, Andrew were both in the same room as me, along with some other people that didn't get on the show. Right. And uh, they told me they actually liked, they watched the way I was talking to Danny, apparently, uh, because they knew that the whole time I was hitting on Danny. <laughs> uh, so I didn't even care about the audition. I didn't care about any of it. I was just trying to get on the like get on this girl's good side, try and get her number, and uh, it worked. <laughs> but <laughs> they, they saw that and they were like, "We thought that was pretty funny." And I was like, "What?" And they're like, "Well, you obviously were just hitting on that girl, and you were the only guy in the whole room that was hitting on her." I was like, "I don't know why that girl's gorgeous." Yeah, just putting that out there. They're like, yeah. "Yeah, we like your style." I was like, "Okay, whatever." <laughs> and uh, and they also liked Andrew because Andrew didn't talk to anyone. Andrew was just the opposite, and then uh, none of us knew like anything about Andrew. Like this guy's weird. He's sitting in the corner, not talking to anyone. And uh, and wouldn't you know it? They told me that day I was getting cast in the show, and they'll fly me back in a week. And uh, so they flew me back home, and uh, I lived my life for a week back here in good old Sacramento. And then a week later, I was down there and filming television, and uh, that's how I got casted. That's the whole long. Big bang boom! Wow. Now I've got wow. a question yeah. for you because uh, we we interviewed Mike Reed from the show. Uh, he said right. you guys were in seclusion for a month. Were you a part of that? No, I wasn't actually uh, because I lived in California, and apparently everyone that lived in California they didn't have a problem taking it back home. But Mike Reed, he's from Florida. Yeah, I was saying that you know Mike's from Tampa, so yeah, I could see that. But I was wondering why they didn't fly him home. And then just flying back out a month later instead of keeping them in a hotel for a month. No, I wasn't. I wasn't a part of that. I heard about the hotel in a month thing, but I was never a part of that. But I was in seclusion uh, after we went and did the the room full of people where we were all with the roommates together. Right. Uh, I did go into a hotel, and that was when they told me I would be on the show. Wow. But they did put me in my own hotel room, and they kept me away from everybody else. So I wouldn't talk. Although, uh, true story, I actually took the room key. And they weren't looking, and then I snuck out in the night, anyways. And I went and got a drink with one of the other people. Are you allowed I, to I, say I, who that other person was, or is that like <laughs> one of those things you can't talk about? Yeah, whatever. It's, the show's over now, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that's true, right? I went out, I snuck, and I got a drink with a girl and uh, another guy, and we went downstairs to the bar, and 
We chatted up all night, and that was cool. So who was the guy and the girl that you ended up going downstairs with? Huh? Who was the guy and the girl you ended up going downstairs with? Oh, God. Uh, the girl, I don't even remember anymore. I have no idea what her name was because I, I couldn't find her on Facebook or anything. She was a skinny blonde that was on the show, correct? And and she did the podcast with you guys. Christian? Yeah. Is that the one you went with, or is this a girl that didn't even make it to the show? No, it's a girl that never even made it on the show. Oh, okay. Yeah, the people I went downstairs with, they didn't get on at all. Oh, wow. They got really close. The guy I went down with actually got really close, but apparently in real life he has like a felony record. Oh, wow. That happening on the show. Yeah. So, that was that story. Also, I'm wondering if maybe the, the producers didn't find out that y'all three went out and then they really wanted you, but can the other two? Uh, I, have, I have no idea. <laughs> you know, it's whatever. I didn't think anything of it at the time because, to be quite honest with you, I didn't take it seriously. You know, I didn't really want to be on a reality TV show. It just kind of happened. You know, I was doing it as a joke with my friends at first, and then somehow it turned serious. <laughs> you know, I think uh, the other guys on the show were, like, looking to be on TV, whereas me, they I just kind of did it, and then I was like, whatever happens, happens, and that, that was it. <laughs> so I took it a lot less seriously than I think the other guys who auditioned. Well, do you think, and, and I, I'm going to use this word, and I, and I hope I don't get in trouble for it, do you think maybe some of the other people that came on the show had an agenda like they either wanted a spin-off reality show or like they had a product they were promoting or like, hey, I'm here for a reason and this is a reason where you, Paul, were more laid back? I mean, I think it was pretty obvious that Andrew liked it because it would help his comedy career. Because, you know, he yeah. was he's really getting work in Los Angeles and, you know, that actually helped his career. And I think he kind of made no bones about it that, you know, yeah. it, would, it would help him out if he did the show. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think Mike Green had an agenda all the time. And I think uh, a lot of people in our group thought he was acting a lot of the time when he was behind the cameras. And that kind of drove us up the wall some days. <laughs> I mean, I love the guy's death. He's probably, like, my, my best man on the show. Like, in real life, like, we're, like, good buds. But, like, uh, I feel like at the time, though, there would... You know, and, and I felt like I was doing it, too. You know, it, it didn't even matter whether or not I had an agenda. But you just sort of act differently when you're in front of the cameras, you know, versus when you're out in public. You know, you don't realize it, but you start doing things to a certain degree. You know, like, I, I made a lot less jokes because I was, like, super tense on the set that I was going to say, like, the wrong thing. So, like, now the show's over, the people are like, oh, you're a lot more open. And I was like, oh, this is the way I was in my audition. You yeah. know, I just, I, once the cameras started rolling, I got nervous. So I didn't really, you know, act like I normally act, which is kind of frustrating. Yeah. But, uh, Did I you... never had an agenda, though. Yeah. Well, do you feel like, in you... in kind of what you just said, did you feel like when you were in front of the cameras, you had to play a certain character or you had to portray yourself a certain way so you would fit whatever mold they wanted you to fit in? Uh, no, I mean, the producers were actually hella good about doing all that stuff. Like, I, uh, I never felt like I was ever pressured to do anything, actually. If anything, we had more problems, I think, with the network sci-fi than we did with our production company uh, as far as that area goes, which is weird. Because I think sci-fi really wanted to push us in a certain direction. That wasn't the way the show was supposed to go. And uh, I felt like uh, 495 Production was really kind of steered us to be ourselves. Right. More so. So. How Although, I do admit that the one thing i got to say, though, is that I, I did have it made on TV that I live with my parents a lot. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, the, the fact actually is that I just moved back with my parents when the show started filming. Because I just got kicked out of college. Right. So, yeah, for disciplinary reasons. Oh, so I got boy. kicked out of college, 
and I was living with my parents, so that had only been like maybe a month I was living with my parents. And I'm also the youngest one in the show, so yeah. it would make the most sense that I would be living with them. Well, yeah, because in the edit, like as a fan just watching and not knowing any of that, they made it sound like you've been living with your parents since like birth. Like you never left or did anything else. Like you just lived in the basement or something. <laughs> nah, you know, I, I didn't care that they played it up that way. I thought it was kind of funny because I always talk about like how I'm a walking stereotype, anyways. But yeah, truthfully, I, I had already moved out and I'd moved back like just before they started filming the show and they decided to play that up. So. <laughs> Because I was living in L.A., which is where I was going to school, but, yeah, then other stuff happened. How, so. Everybody we've talked to so far has said that they really love the production company that you guys work with. How was it working uh, with 495 Productions? Awesome. I mean, I don't know any other way to say it. Those guys were actually really cool, and I was really nervous walking into it, and I think maybe they knew that, that a lot of us were kind of nervous because we had all known that the show they were known for was Jersey Shore. And outside of that, they hadn't really, you know, they'd had a few hits, but they hadn't had anything that was, like, totally mainstream. Right. So that was the only thing that they were kind of pushing at that point. Now they've got Party Down South was very successful now. Yeah. It's going on, like, a third season. And then they got the, well, they had the head and camera show, but that's another story. But I, I, I thoroughly believe that working with them was, like, the greatest, most organic experience ever. And I thought for sure that reality TV show, like, it would be a lot less reality and a lot more acting. But I was actually so happy at how much of it, didn't feel contrived and set up as opposed to just how much of it just occurred naturally between us as people interacting with each other. So that's pretty cool. That's awesome. Now, my next question, this one might not be as easy. How was it working with sci-fi? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, you know, I, <laughs> I wish I could say more. Um, I mean, we didn't work with them a whole lot, but it felt weird because, like, we, we did, like, our commercials. Right. And I don't know if you, you saw the commercials beforehand, like the spots for the show. Oh, I they did. Were they were like all the over. Itself. Yeah. Yeah, right. Okay, so those were, were made by Sci-Fi. Right. And the people that made those, we kind of got thrown in a room with them after our show had been completely filmed. And uh, we had never met any of these people in our entire lives. So it was really strange because we had like, we felt like we had grown up with the producers because they were in our house 24 seven. Right. You know, for that month and a half, we were all living together. And then it's like, all of a sudden, we have this new group of guys filming us for, like, three days to do the commercials and stuff. And they're, like, giving us clothing to wear. And they're, like, telling us things, like, to stay. And they're setting up situations. And it was it was oftentimes strange because sci-fi, I think, really had a different vision for what the show was supposed to be than what we thought the show was supposed to be. And, you know, I don't, I don't not blame sci-fi for anything, but I think trying to turn the house reality show in the more kind of like how Face Off was or something like that. Right. I just don't think it works on the same level. And I think that was something that I had trouble understanding and that I felt like all of us that were on the show made the show, we all loved each other and we would have been fine with however it came out. But there was strong rumors that Sci-Fi changed a lot of things around and had a big input on how the show came out. And we just we felt like a lot of times we didn't trust them because some of the situations we were put in you know, were, were different than what we had been used to up until that point. Right. So. And, and I'm sure things came out differently in the edit. Like maybe you saw one edit and then you saw it live and you were like, whoa, 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 you know, that's not I, the edit I saw. I have nothing I have nothing to say about that because I never saw the original edit. <laughs> oh, well, that's good. I only, saw, I only saw what was on TV. Oh, well, that that's good. And I bet it worked out better for you that way. Uh, one more thing before we leave the sci-fi topic. 
when you yeah. first started, you know, they, they were hitting you guys hot and heavy with all the ads. Uh, you know, they were making a lot of a fuss, a lot of promotion. And then they, they ended up canceling the show and dumping the finale uh, at midnight, you know, on a random night. I mean, how did that feel to you guys? Because, I mean, you really put your time in and your blood and your sweat into that. And then they just kind of dumped your finale at midnight. Well, to be honest with you, uh, uh, I was not happy that they did that, mostly because I didn't get to see the finale. <laughs> so <laughs> I, uh, I had to buy it on iTunes in order to watch it. Wow. I, uh, I, I'm not even joking. That's the only way I could watch it because no one had a copy of it because uh, the DVRs, everyone that recorded it, the DVRs, they didn't work right because they all were set to be back an hour when the show was. Yeah. And then they pushed it up an hour and then they put two episodes back to back on the same day. Yeah. And never told any of us about it. Um, so unless we were watching, we had no idea. And they didn't really advertise it online on their Facebook page or on their Twitter or anything like that. So I was really in the dark. And we had, me and my me and the other guys on the show, we had a secret Facebook group that we would chat in between. And quite frankly, none of us knew exactly what time the last episode was going to air. Yeah. And we, I, I know, like, I, I think it was Danny and Kristen were saying, like, how they're just going to watch you know, from the time we're normally on until to the end and see what happens. Because that's the only way they're going to be able to get the show. And, uh, I, you know, I, I had heard people like my friends at school and stuff were telling me about how they saw the finale. And I was like, you saw more than I did. You know, <laughs> you're giving me spoiler alerts over here. And I, I lived the damn thing. You know, because <laughs> I, I also didn't even know how they were going to finish it because we filmed a couple of different endings. So they could have gone multiple different ways. My next question is, how was working for Regina? <laughs> Regina? Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, it is. It is what I imagine both hell and heaven are like at the exact same time. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> no. <laughs> like, but... Regina, she, she is insane, like, in a good way and in an awful way. Like, there is no, I mean, she's a great, powerful woman. I respect the hell out of her. But God, she, I mean, she sometimes, you know, you never know what she's going to get into. Mm-hmm. You know, one day she might be, you know, on a great kick and she'll bring you something awesome and special. And then the next day she'll just kick you into the dirt and into the ground for one little thing that you did. So I was actually really disappointed that I felt like my work didn't get really shined a whole lot while I was on the show because the whole time I felt like I was walking on eight shows around her. And I, I, I knew for sure I didn't get the job because I, and she, she actually said it during one of the days she was like some of you guys have really excelled and some of you guys have really disappointed in me and then some of you guys have just made no impression on me whatsoever and then I swear to God she looked right at me and pointed at me as she said that wow that was like, that was like the day before she chose what she was going to do and I was like oh my God you've got to be kidding me because I was just freaked out the whole time like I didn't want to mess up on anything and I didn't want to you know do anything wrong but at the same time because I was so afraid to mess up I ended up not letting myself go and you know standing out a little bit more to her. So to this day, I feel like she knows the least about me out of any of the guys in the group, any of the guys or girls in the group, which really is disappointing, but whatever. <laughs> so I, I'd like to ask you about cosplaying because uh, the topic it came on the show a few times. Uh, do you cosplay often? I know you, you cosplayed as uh, Captain America on the show. Is that something you just do for fun, or is that something you take pretty seriously? Or because you know how the, there's different levels of you know, people make their own suits and do all that. What's what's your t- take on cosplaying? Uh, I mean, I, I love cosplay. I have some really really good friends um, that are really really well known cosplayers here, like on the West Coast, 
like pretty much all the West Coast celebrity cosplayers, quote unquote, if you will. Like I know all of them very well, and I love them all to death. But at the same time, they they know and acknowledge that I am not a cosplayer. <laughs> so actually, the the costume you saw me wear um, on the show was a a costume I bought at Spirit Halloween for like thirty bucks, literally just because it was on sale, <laughs> and I just wanted something to have for Halloween. Um, but I I said the show, uh, more people have been asking me to cosplay, and since I'm so good friends with, like, a lot of those cosplayers, they've encouraged me to get into cosplay, so, uh, although I'm not crafting and making my own stuff, mostly just because I don't have the time for it, I got a full-time job and full-time school at all time for other stuff, um, you know, but I do have friends that are gracious and kind enough to actually make me pieces for my outfits that I've since been wearing, and the other thing is I'm I'm a total convention whore, so to say the least. And uh, I go to like every single convention here in California, minus San Diego Comic Con, which I've never been to. But I'm going this year, so that's another story. But I go to all the conventions, so they always always pressure me to, to at least cosplay one day at the convention. So I'd say I go to about you know 50 conventions a year or whatever, and at least one of the days of those three days now, I'm I'm probably cosplaying. So that's about how much I cosplay. To answer nice. your question. <laughs> Tell me about the confrontation with Elvira. <laughs> Elvira. Oh, oh, God. I wish I could say more on this than I can. Uh, <laughs> mostly because I agreed to secrecy on something about it. Um, let's just say that I, I said something uh, to the effect that someone related to Elvira is very attractive. <laughs> and that spiraled downward from there. It was and her daughter, wasn't it? It was her daughter that you said was attractive, wasn't it? Because she's a cosplayer. No. Okay. For both reasons. But yeah. <laughs> it, it, it didn't get into the show. And I said it, and I, I said something about someone close. And I said, basically said she was hot. And long story, I was, like, I was like, yeah, you know, that girl's really attractive. But she got really pissed off at that point. And uh, all of a sudden, she started, like, attacking me and <laughs> I was just sitting there like accepting it like she she gave me like six or seven jabs before I finally said something back and uh, to say the least like I I didn't really handle it very well because I, I just got nervous and she was just talking about you know that family member and I was like whatever and then I said it and I made a joke out of it but she didn't really like that I said it so she started coming back at me with all this other stuff and eventually I just I said something to the effect of, like, she said something about Spider-Man hat being her favorite superpower because he shot webs out of his, his arms. And, you know, I was like, I was getting pissed off, and I was already, you know, I'm already a super Spider-Man fanboy, and I was like, you know, I was like, you know, in most of the comics, he makes the webs himself and shoots them out of a gun he has in his arms. That's basically what I said to the effect of. And she didn't like that. <laughs> so then it got even worse, and uh, the whole dinner was just so awkward. I, I started saying other stuff and then I also asked her about like her movies and I was like how do you feel hosting B movies late at night and then she was like what do you mean and I was like well you know those crappy B movies is what I said and then everyone got so mad at me and I just stood there like whatever this dinner is already done anyways I don't really care at this point and I've already offended her a hundred times and she's offended me a hundred times so let's just keep going with it and eventually it just went on and on and it never ended and then we ended up getting to the end of the night, and uh, she hugged every single one of us in the group except for me. 
but she just patted me on the shoulder and called me creepy. Yeah, and I think that was my favorite part of the whole thing was she's like, bye, creepy. And you were just like, oh, like, I didn't mean to. Well, I, I only really had said one thing, and then she just kept on piling them on, on me, and I was like, man, I really offended her with the one thing that I said. <laughs> well, I really loved so, it when you said the thing about the B movies, because I'm not going to lie, I'm a huge Elvira fan. Uh, I found her as a little uh-huh. kid and just loved her to death because I thought she was so gorgeous, and she used to do the beer commercials and stuff when I was a kid. <laughs> but when you pulled that B movie bomb, I'm not going to lie, it was like pulling the pin in the grenade and just sitting on the table, and I was like... Wow, this is gonna go sideways <laughs> fast. <laughs> well, it's true. I mean, have you seen the movie she hosts at night? I mean, you know that, that's what they're there for—is that they are kind of cheesy, kind of campy. And I think she knows that, but at the same time, I don't think you're supposed to ask her that. Which yeah, like say said, it to her face. Yeah. Dinner, I mean, we were already two hours in the dinner of her just bashing me all, all the entire time. So I was good. I had dinner with George Kane. He was way nicer, anyways. <laughs> actually, since then, though, I've heard that she actually wanted um, to apologize to me, but I haven't found her at any of the conventions because for some reason she's been filming a bunch of stuff lately. So every time she's looking for a convention here in California, and I try and go see her to talk to her, she's gone. So I, I don't know. One of the things that I'm going to see her, and I'm actually going to apologize to her and uh, tell her, tell her I'm sorry that I said everything that I said, and hopefully make peace with the whole situation. Well, I, I totally understand that. Uh, it, yeah. t- how was it working with Adrian Curry? <laughs> Adrian Curry? Yeah. Uh, she's rad. I mean, she's cool, you know. She's uh, she's, she's super, uh, a lot more down to earth and cool than I expected her to be. Like, I didn't know who she was before. Um, the only thing I knew about her was that Molly McIsaac, who was on our show, talked about how she partied with her all the time and that they were, like, really good friends. But at the same time, that's what Molly says about everyone. So no one really trusted anything that Molly said about celebrities. Well, I, I liked how on the show, like, she made it out like her, her and Adrian were BFFs. And then when Adrian showed up, she didn't remember who Molly was. No, that's, that's kind of what it seemed to us. I mean, I think Adrian knows who she is now. Because I've seen them actually post stuff now together. But I think at the time, she had no idea. But Molly says about everything, like... She was talking about how Matt Smith and her were really good friends one time, and she was talking about how like, she's friends with like all these rock bands, and all of us are just like, Molly, you, just, you did not live this kind of lifestyle that you see. <laughs> we, we just straight up told her that all the time. And they kind of looked bad on the show, because on the show, the only one that they saw was Adrian Curry. You know, they didn't see us talking about all the other people, you know, that she talks about all the time, and you know, just names drops constantly. But uh, that one made it in, and yeah. We agree that we didn't think Adrian knew who she was when she walked in. Yeah, she was just like, oh. yeah, hi. Like, maybe they shook hands one time and she didn't remember <laughs> it or something. Uh, but how was it yeah. when she was your wingman at the bar? Oh, my wingman at the bar. Yeah. That was super weird. <laughs> I, mean, I, didn't, uh, I obviously didn't go into it with the intention that, you know, I was going to get dating tips from her or anything like that. Um, but, hey, I mean, I'll take it. And it was fun. I mean, you know, she she came over and she was super cool. And you know, I don't know. She 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 told me a few things, but um, I don't know. I mean, ultimately, I never thought I was really that bad with women. I think I came off as more bad on the show than I really am in real life, which of course, you know, gets played up. But you know, at the same time, I mean, having her give me some tips. The only thing I didn't like was that Adrian. She chose my outfit, but uh, she just chose like a jean and jeans and a t-shirt. 
And I couldn't figure that out. She rummaged through all my clothes that I have, and she literally picked like the cheapest outfit I had and told me that to wear that to the bar. And that's a good look to impress women in. I was like, you want me to wear jeans and a t-shirt? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, when it comes to beautiful women, you can't top Adrian Curry. So if she's telling you that's what they like, I'd, I'd wear it. I don't care if it's a Speedo and a bikini top. If she's like, women like this, I'd be like, yes, Adrian, I will totally wear that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what's funny is that I felt like the other guys on the show all wanted to hit on her, and I just never got the inclination to do so. I don't know why. <laughs> I, I mean, she's very attractive, but I, I don't I don't feel attracted towards her, you know what I mean? It's kind of weird. No, no, I, I totally get that. The other thing, and I, I think you kind of hit on it a little bit when you were talking about the wingman at the bar thing, when you guys came in the house, it, it, at least to me, watching the show as a fan, it seemed like... You know, Mike and Molly, they thought maybe would be pairing off, so they kind of had that little couple over there. Andrew came into the house, and he was the first one to say, hey, I've got a girlfriend at home. Then you had uh, Sal and Danny, who were having a little budding romance on the show. And then there was you, who was kind of like the cheese stands alone over there, and I think they they used that a lot. Did you feel that way? Like, they used you as, like, the guinea pig for a lot of stuff because they had so much romance already kind of in the house? Uh, I don't, I don't really know. I mean, I was mildly attracted to Kristen. I mean, she was on the show. She's we're very, I mean, she's cute. She's not really totally my normal type though. So I guess it never really worked out anyways. And I don't think I was, I'm definitely not her type judging by the guys that she's dated, which is fine. Um, so I think they just kind of saw that naturally not going to happen sort of thing. Um, so they kind of veered towards, let's see if we can hook him up with someone else. Cause you know, he's not you know, trying to do anything. And they saw me hitting on other girls on other times. I mean, obviously they knew I was doing that because they saw me hitting on Danny during the auditions. But uh, that kind of went out the window when the show started because day one, Sal was like, I think Danny's very attractive. And I was like, well, I'm not going to mess with this guy's game or whatever. <laughs> and he's better looking than I am. You know, Sal's the one that gets all the girls on our show. <laughs> so I wasn't going to argue that. Well, I got to give you some mad respect for holding up the bro code, man. It's like, you know, one bro kind of said, you know, I like this girl. I want to try something. And then you backed off. You said, hey, man, you know what? Bro code. That, that's kind of what happened. You know, Sal day one was just like, hey, I like Danny. I think she's a she's a really cool gal. And uh, I was like, you know what? I respect that. If you want to go after her, I'm not even going to try and go after her. And that's, that's just kind of what happened. So from that point on, uh, it's kind of funny because they, they said, like, at the end of the thing, they're like, Paul's going to be the most likely to go into politics because he always likes to go out and mingle with other people that aren't in our group, which is true because, and that's part of the reason I feel like I got a lot of less screen time than I probably should have. Because I usually, whenever we go out to dinner or whatever, I would go and talk to the other people at all the other dinner tables or I would go around and I'd talk to everybody else. You know, it's just like my personality. I just like to be social with everybody. And so I think it was like a natural fit that I would hit on other girls at other parties and, you know, and, and a lot of it got edited out because it wasn't quite as exciting because it didn't end like, you know, like Mike was sitting on two girls at the same party who both showed up when he called them. You know, I didn't have that drama. I was sitting on one girl in the corner and she was really quiet, but I mean, we we're still talk to this day sort of thing. So, you know, it wasn't as exciting drama, but it was, it was there. So that's kind of the defining line, I feel like, is that my relationships weren't as exciting as some of the other people's. So, Paul, um, I, I mentioned you, yep. you. You mentioned earlier that you're a big Spider-Man fan. Is that you? Do, you, yeah. pref- do you prefer Marvel over DC, or are you kind of mixed? <laughs> um, well, I grew up being all about Marvel. 
Uh, as a kid, I didn't really care about DC. I mean, I liked Batman and Green Lantern, but that was about it. <laughs> I was pretty picky if it wasn't Marvel. And I was a super Marvel fanboy. But in my old age and wisdom, I've come to appreciate DC novels for what they are. And, you know, we don't got Alan Moore writing for Marvel, which sucks. But, you know, I, I have, I've grown to appreciate both, but I would say deep, deep within my roots, I'm definitely still Marvel. Well, you can't really complain about what Marvel's done in the theaters. I mean, it's they're batting a thousand right now. I was just curious what you thought of uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, Guardians of the Galaxy was rad. I was actually super excited because I think I was the only person that actually knew who the characters were prior to them announcing Guardians of the Galaxy. So, like, I remember I was sitting around with my friends in my dorm, and we were like, we were like, yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy is coming out. And I was like, Guardians of the Galaxy, what the hell? <laughs> like, that's the most random team in the face of the world. And and then I saw they were also, like, they were changing the Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, it wasn't the same team from the 70s, which I was like, okay, cool. That's pretty rad. And then I looked at it, I was like, oh, my God, they're going to put, they're going to put Rocky Raccoon as, like, one of the leads with Groot. I got really excited. My friends were just looking at me like, I've never even heard of these damn people. And I'm like, oh, it's Rocky Raccoon. He's this little tiny raccoon that is a wise cracking like a-hole and he's got a gun that's like five times the size of this <laughs> and my friends would look at me and they were like that's the stupidest thing i've ever heard in my life paul why are they making that a movie i'm like no you guys don't understand he's awesome he's funny you know these are the same guys that are complaining about deadpool not getting a movie like in my opinion i think rock the raccoon's funnier than the comics than deadpool is and then they were just looking at me like what what is this guy on crack you know who the, who the heck is star lord i'm like you guys don't know star lord He's like one of the main, you know, guys in the entire galaxy realm, you know, in the whole space universe of Marvel. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, okay, he's real cool, all right. Sounds like Han Solo. I'm like, he has, this, you don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> so when 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 Guardians of the Galaxy got announced, I got really excited, and I was the only person on Earth. <laughs> so <laughs> I but I, I had to get it justice. And uh, if uh, if King's uh, uh, Gun is listening right now, you're the man. I know he's probably not listening, but I just feel like I should put that out there because <laughs> he did very well with that that universe. Well, you know, James Gunn. The way I treat it is, you know, I, I was a fan of James Gunn. Um, you know, with Slither, um, he also did Super uh-huh. with Super with Rain Wilson, and like the guy. For me, I felt like he. He didn't have the, the the prototypical comic book movie format on this. I felt like it was just a James oh. Gunn movie that happened to have comic book characters in it and I felt like it was a space opera like it wasn't like a a typical comic book uh, movie and it didn't feel that way to me and I think a lot of audiences were like wow this is like Indiana Jones in space this is really really cool and I think a lot of the you know the the organic you know word of mouth really took off yeah I agree I mean I I saw it in theaters day one and I was blown away and actually to be quite honest with you though I really got excited when I heard James Gunn was hearing it. Well, I saw the first trailer for it. My hopes kind of went down a little bit. So I'm like, oh, that was kind of a slightly uninteresting trailer. You know, it didn't really have much on it. And, you know, it was just, it was very open to interpretation. You know, we had no idea what we were going to expect coming from it. And, uh, and then I saw it day one, and I was so happy I did, because I think James Gunn treated it exactly the way it needed to be treated. Um, he had a great feel for the characters. Um, and that's very important, you know, staying true. And it stays true to the comics. It stays true to the characters. And even within all that, it stays true to itself, which is most important. And uh, I'm actually, you know, not only am I in the comic books, but that was like my major thing on the show is that I'm a huge film person. So as a film critic, it was on point, too. Like, it was it was very well done. Um, 
just in general. And there was a lot of cool special effects that were in there. And it felt cool without going too over the top. And uh, points of felt a little bit dark, which I kind of liked, which worked in really well with the comedic attitude. And uh, I think everything overall, Guardians of the Galaxy, was probably in my top five picks for best films of the year, just overall in general. And uh, it's, it's a superb Marvel film. I mean, they did great work with it. And I'm really excited for the second one to come out. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, I think it it showed that Marvel can, you know, try these kind of like wild horses, these kind of like wild card movies and see, you know, hey, let's, you know, we don't have the prototypical Iron Man and, you know, because obviously uh, Robert Downey Jr. said that he's pretty much, you know, finishing up this his, his uh, tenure as Iron Man. So it's like, you know, you got to have another sort of franchise that can kind of catapult. It can't just be Avengers everywhere, you know? Um, now I don't yeah. know, I don't know about Ant-Man. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, uh, Paul. I, I don't have the same feeling when I see Ant-Man. I, I'm, but I'm also, I've not read much on Ant-Man. I mean, I, I know what he does in this basic story, but like, I, I think it's going to be a lot harder for audiences unless they really market this like they did. I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy was everywhere. I mean, at freaking Subway. I mean, they had Guardians of the Galaxy bags, and, you know, like, it was everywhere. Like, they did. They put a lot of money into marketing. I just don't know if Ant-Man... I love Paul Rudd. He's awesome, but I just don't know if they're going to really have that push like Guardians of the Galaxy had. Thoughts? Well, it's it's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Um, I think... I hate to say it, but I think it had a lot of problems going into it. I mean, when Edgar Wright was kind of going behind it, uh, it had a lot of promise. But then he kind of dropped it because there were so many things going wrong with production. And that's that's obviously a big red flag right there. And uh, I, I like Paul Rudd. I think he's cool. Um, I like uh, Michael Douglas. I think he's pretty cool. But, you know, it, only time will tell. I mean, you know what? It's like you said, I, the Marvel movies right now are, are pretty much batting a thousand. You know, I mean, I've... I, I think the, even the worst Marvel movie I've seen is, is light years behind, beyond anything I saw in the Green Lantern movie. So that's something <laughs> that's out there. That's true. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, and you know, we got Batman and Robin, and I mean DC is batting a lot less right now. <laughs> and uh, I feel like uh, I feel like I got hope for Ant Man. Uh, I actually was was around San Francisco when they were filming Ant Man down by the Golden Gate Park. And I saw all the crowds rush around. So if nothing else, I mean, there was a ton of people gathered around to see Paul Rudd from a two miles away on Block Street. So, <laughs> I, I don't know. People are really excited about it. And I'm excited to see a hero who comes from the same area as I do. It's the first time we're going to have that. So, <laughs> But, yeah, uh, Ant-Man, though, it, it, it's up in the air. You know, I mean, the, you got other movies coming out that are often going to be, you know, kind of wild cards. So, you know, I've, I've got more faith in it than I do than like The Inhumans which is going to be a really strange movie <laughs> a really deep cut but you never know I mean it could come out it could be the best movie I've ever seen in my life so what a, hard to say to bring it back to fangasm, uh, when we talked to Mike Mike said there was a time in the house where he felt like the whole house was against him can you tell us about that? Yeah. about how Mike how Mike thought that everyone was against him he, yeah, he he thought that everybody was against him, and he thought everybody was picking on him, and he just he he just kind of felt like the house turned on him, and we never really saw that in the show, so only you guys would probably really know what was going on with that. So I figured I'd ask. Well, Mike had a tough time, I think, in the house because uh, uh, to say the least, Mike likes to party, and uh, I mean, so do we. I mean, uh, I feel like me, Molly, him, and Kristen definitely do. I mean, it was it was quite obvious we were going off to the clubs and going off to the bars all the time and hanging out. Um, but I think the thing kind of instigated it 
was when Mike was getting drunk before work at 8 in the morning. What? So, uh, I don't know if he really said that. <laughs> no, he, he he may have left that part out because, yeah, th- yeah, it, that part was left yeah. out. Yeah. See, that, that's, that's the thing that Mike didn't really tell you, is that Mike likes to drink a lot and uh, all the time, I feel like. So, I mean, I, I didn't really care a whole lot, but I told him, I was like, bro, you just you need to slow your roll a little bit, you know. There's a time and a place, but right now is not the time or the place. I mean, when we go out and we have fun, we have fun. But, you know, you don't need to be, you know, drunk 24-7. You know, drunk 24-7, Mike Reed is not that cool. And when he's sober, he's actually, he's actually pretty open and pretty cool. And he doesn't break down crying like he did um, that one time. But, I mean, we all love the guy to death. He thought everyone was against him, but the truth is, I think the whole house was just looking out for his best interest. And uh, he didn't really see it that way, you know, that we kind of gave him a out-of-nowhere intervention sort of thing. So, oh, those never go well. Uh, huh? I said those never go well. No, no, and I think he's still kind of angry about that. <laughs> That's probably why he didn't come to Kamikaze this year. <laughs> you don't oh, want to uh, see any of after that. But, well, I mean, uh, that's probably not true, because I won't invite him, and you want to go, I don't, I guess he's filming something. Yeah. But, uh, he, yeah. I was going to say, yeah, I know, because he, he announced on our show he's got a new project coming out called Mike Reed and His Amazing Friends. Uh, and that, I heard about that. Yeah, it looks I like... I know his amazing friends. <laughs> well, that's awesome. So that that looks like it's going good, and 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 to, to give Mike credit where credit's due, he's probably in a different place than where he was because you got to remember that show was two years ago, give or take. So probably in a different yeah, place. Yeah. So probably in a different place, a little older, a little wiser than back then. But my question is production never came in and stepped in. It was like, Whoa, Whoa, bro. We got to tape you going to work here in a minute. You, you want to stop that? <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> Just, it's like I said before, I mean, you know, four out five really gave us free reign. I mean, anything we want to do, we we could do. I think you know, as long as we weren't um, inviting hookers and smarting coke, like off of people, <laughs> you know, I think we're fine. Although I did hear rumors that on other reality shows they they did that hiding in the bathroom. <laughs> so, uh, but I mean, yeah, as long as we weren't outright breaking the law, we were we were free to do what we wanted. And you know, Mike, as well as myself, we had both just turned twenty one when they had filmed the show. Oh and, yeah. Uh, that, I feel like that played a factor in it too. Oh, um, for sure. Bit, whereas, yeah, I mean, like Andrew and Danny and Sal, they're a lot older than me and Mike are, and that, that plays a big difference right there. You yeah. know, I feel like they've kind of they've done their thing and they're like bored with it, and now they're like career people. Yeah. So you know, it's a little bit different world, I guess. No, I agree yeah. with that. Trust me, twenty-one-year-old uh, college deuce, you did not want to see on film. <laughs> so trust me, like I'm not hating on anybody. We're we're definitely not hating on on Mike because uh, we love Mike to death. But yeah, no, I mean, I I could see that now that you put it in reference that he was twenty-one. I'm like, yeah, I could I could probably see some of that happening if I was on camera too. As much as I'd hate to say it. Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of a lot of truth. I mean, me I, and I felt like that's why me and Mike were more into it. You know, yeah. we, we definitely went out a lot more because we're we're young, wild, and free, and living in L.A. I mean, you know, this is our big stuff for us. Yeah. And uh, we're, we just turned 21, you know. we Like I said before, me and Mike were the two youngest guys in the whole show. And we were younger than everybody else by, like, three or four years. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Actually, it's funny because the first episode actually edits it. Probably it looks like that, that I'm older than everybody else. 
But actually, I'm younger, which I never got when they did that. <laughs> but, like, it says I'm, like, 28 on the show or something on the first episode. And, uh, yeah, they, they make Kristen younger. Like, she's actually, like, 28 in her life, and they said she was 21, 22 on the show, I think. Um, so, I, I don't know what their philosophy was on that, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's it, that's wild. Know, that they changed your age because, I mean, your age is something, I mean, that's public record. It's not like you can't just go dig that up, how old somebody is, so that they changed your age right. on TV I think is hilarious. Yeah, it was, it was kind of weird, too, because, like, you know, all my friends are my age, and they all thought that, and they're like, what, what was up with that? <laughs> and then, you know, some of the other people that didn't quite know me as well, they, logged, they talked to me like, Paul, I didn't know you were that much older than me. <laughs> it was weird. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, I'm not. <laughs> You know, I I'm going to school here. I didn't fuck out a bunch of years, so that that was kind of weird. Well, that that's awesome, man. Well, we got to say we've got much love for the show. I love the show. I felt bad for you guys being dumped at midnight, but I just I uh, love the show and I wanted another season. I did. Well, thanks, man. I I really do appreciate that. Uh, you're one of like four people that watch the show, including my grandma and my puppy. Well, well, the four of us had a blast, man. I'm not gonna lie. I watched every episode. I DVR'd them all. I even had to dig up online, like you did the last episode. Um, but you, you know, you, you do what you got to do. But I mean, I really, I, I enjoyed the show, and I think I enjoyed it because it was fun seeing people like you, like Mike, like Molly, like Andrew, like Danny, like Sal, people that were like me. And it's like you know that kind of brotherhood of geeks, you know, where it's like one of us one of us you felt like you belonged you know <laughs> I, I agree it felt really cool and actually it's kind of funny because most of my friends are not like me so i was really excited to be on the show because like i, I don't want to say this but i'm kind of more of a jock than anything else like i'm captain of my football team holy <laughs> like, hell people don't know that <laughs> wow yeah they definitely did say that on the sci-fi show they didn't be like no. oh and he's captain of the football that, team that all got edited out <laughs> oh i'm sure <laughs> Hey, hey, Paul, I mean, we, we, we know you're busy. You know, you're a full-time student, full-time job. We really appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to uh, talk with the happy hour with Johnny and Deuce. Yeah, no problem, guys. Uh, I, I was hoping to get a free beer out of it or something because it was called the happy hour. But Brother, we normally – it's funny that you <laughs> mention that. We normally, every at the beginning of every show, we do something called the Deuce Salute where we crack a beer open, but because I'm on – tons of cold and flu medicine i couldn't do it this week so that's okay I'll, I'll i'll raise my glass of water i got sitting next to me right here on my desk well brother your honor well brother we appreciate it and we got an open door policy for you paul so anytime you want to come on the show you got anything you want to promote you just let us know yeah for sure and if you guys ever want to hit me up with anything or whatever hit me up as well I, i'm more than happy to do an interview with this fine uh t- hour of uh well, i was gonna say television radio but that's that's not even what it is it's a podcast yeah well tell tell our listeners out there how can they get a hold of you uh i don't know <laughs> uh you can follow me on twitter uh at uh, at real paul perkins at real paul perkins because uh, apparently i was paranoid that someone else was going to be a fake one actually <laughs> i really just took the name for stanley because he's a real stanley anyways uh that uh they can add me on facebook I, I had to restart my Facebook because I got in trouble for impersonating a celebrity. So now I get to have friends again on Facebook. Oh, wow. <laughs> because they, 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 they kicked you off a of celebrity status on Facebook? 
yeah, yeah. <laughs> Facebook actually banned me, and I had to start my Facebook over because uh, they said I was impersonating a celebrity. <laughs> what? <laughs> that is the craziest story I've ever heard. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty wild that that happens, right? <laughs> man, that's nuts, man. Um, that's nuts. Yeah. So if they want to add me on my new Facebook, type in Paul Perkins, I guess. I don't care. <laughs> I'm pretty open, and if anyone sees me at a convention, they can always say hi, and I'd love to talk to them without anything that is hard to desire. <laughs> well, definitely. Well, if you ever come to the Orlando or the Tampa area, brother, you let us know, and, and, and the beer's on me, brother. Uh, I would appreciate that. I, I might actually, I might very well be going to uh, the the con in Orlando, whatever. MegaCon. which one? MegaCon. Yeah, MegaCon. Because Mike Reed keeps on bugging me to go with his amazing friends. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they're all so cool. Yeah, we go every year. It's it's a blast. It's a really fun. Uh, it's it's only getting bigger and bigger every year. So you'll definitely have a good well, I've, time. I've, I've never been like east of like Nevada, but if I ever end up going that route, I would definitely come by and you guys are more welcome to say hi to me if you see me walking around with them. Definitely, we'd even love to have you come live in the studio and come and talk with us. Hell yeah, <laughs> down for it. <laughs> Because you know yeah. there's always free beer here in the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce Studios. That's for sure. <laughs> I don't keep that in mind. <laughs> Never forget a thing I like free beer. No, no. Free beer has got me through a lot of things in life. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know what's actually funny? is You'd actually be like the fourth like podcast I've been interviewed for. That would give me beer. <laughs> for some reason, every podcast I to get drunk and, and talk. Yeah, that, uh, that's, that's pretty much the job description. Get drunk, talk in a microphone. There you go. I can get down with that. Well, awesome, Paul. Well, thank you so much for calling. Yeah, no problem. All right, Paul. You have a great I one, and, and good luck with everything, okay? Keep in touch. Yeah. You guys, too. Thanks, man. All you right. Later. Paul. Paul. See you. And that was our interview with Paul Perkins of Fangasm. On the Sci-Fi Network. Yep. And so, so thankful for that interview. And Johnny, how can, how can they get a hold of us here at the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce? Well, the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce, we're on the social media train like everyone else is. And our and our uh, email address is hhpodcastshow at gmail.com. Deuce, we have a Twitter, don't we? We do have a Twitter. You can hit us up at hhpodcastshow. Yep, and we're also uh, wanting to play around with that live Twitch stream stuff. So we have a we have a video on there already of our unboxing of the of the um, Super Smash Brothers bundle for the Wii U. So check it out on there. Uh, you can find us on YouTube as well, um, youtube.com uh, forward slash Happy Hour Podcast, and then also twitch.tv forward slash Happy Hour Podcast. And uh, you just search Happy Hour Podcast. Like we said earlier, there's no one that has that name. So yeah. just search for us. You'll find us. If you're in doubt, send a message. And uh, we'd love to hear back from you. Because like we said, we're so passionate about things, whether it be video games, comic books, movies, uh, wrestling. We're into it all. We love it. So uh, we're this is a podcast made by fans for fans. And that's why we really appreciate it that you guys check us out. Leave comments. Send us your feedback and everything like that. Thank you, thank you so much. We wouldn't be doing this without you. So when they're listening to the Happy Hour Johnny and Deuce, Deuce, there's a hashtag you should throw our way. There is, and it's hashtag Deuce is on the loose. And also hashtag Happy Hour Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. You have a great day. Later.